It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you're indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 26th, 2018. My name is Phil Prossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You, of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode, we'll talk all about the Magic's win over the Los Angeles Lakers, a big sweep of the Lakers and a big win for the Magic, a win that, that I think the team is very, very proud of. But we'll also talk about some of the weaknesses of that win and some of the weaknesses that the Magic have shown in the last few games that might need a little bit of course correction, and that course correction might be coming sooner rather than later. We'll talk a little bit about that coming up on today's show. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just like there's a team covering the Orlando Magic this podcast. With excruciating detail, there's a team covering the every single team in the NBA with the same level of detail and care that you find here on Locked on Magic. Different styles too. I know my style is a little more um, extemporaneous maybe or monologue or whatever. There, there, there's different styles for every podcast. You can find the podcast that you're looking for for every team in the NBA. Looking to get a leg up on the Golden State Warriors? Check out Locked On Warriors. Looking to get a leg up on the Portland Trail Blazers? Locked On Blazers is your place to go. There are some great, great places to get NBA information. And not just that, you can get the national perspective on Locked On NBA. In fact, I was a guest on the Locked On NBA podcast today, Monday, November 26th, to talk all about the surprising start of the Orlando Magic sitting at 10-10, in 10, entering the quarter pole of the season. We'll be a quarter of the way through the season, starting after or after Monday's game against the Golden State Warriors. It's hard to believe. You can check out all these podcasts, whether it's a Locked On Team podcast, whether it's a Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball. You can check them all out on iTunes. Just search for Locked On and the team you are looking for. The Orlando Magic headed to Los Angeles after a really disappointing and frustrating effort against the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets just absolutely working them. Uh, in uh, a 20-plus point uh, point deficit, uh, the Magic were really never quite in the game. They fought back early on, but once the Nuggets put it on them, they were up by 12 entering the third quarter. The Nuggets just put it on them from there. Orlando was never really physically into the game and, and certainly took one on the chin. That was that was a disappointing effort, and, and, and I think the team said so. And it was going to be interesting to see how the Magic responded against the Los Angeles Lakers, a team that, that they beat very handily about a week ago. Uh, and a team that, of course, has the best player in the world in LeBron James. So um, it's 
you know, it's it's definitely a it was definitely a big test for Orlando. And, and early on, it looked like the Magic weren't going to be up to that test. Orlando falling behind by 12 points in the first quarter. And again, getting out physical, getting getting beat up, getting outmatched uh, early on in this game. It really felt like Los Angeles was about to run away with things. But the Magic were able to bring it back thanks to Terrence Ross's strong play off the bench. Thanks to, thanks to a generally strong bench effort in the second quarter. They kept it close. The starters came back in. They got the lead down to... They actually took the lead late in the second quarter. A LeBron James 3 giving the Lakers a one-point lead at the half. That's a, That was big. So Orlando carried that momentum on to the third quarter where they dominated the game. Outscoring the Lakers by uh, by 16 points, 35-19, to 19, and taking a 15-point lead into the final quarter. Talk more about that in a moment. But this game did come down to the wire. They do have LeBron James. They are the Los Angeles Lakers. They are still a very good team. And Orlando, still learning how to close these games out. And Orlando did a poor job doing that as the bench unit, again, struggled to, to kind of keep their defensive intensity up and keep the offense going. It's been a recurring theme and a recurring problem throughout the entire season. Of course, Orlando did have the response. And, and, and I think that's been a, a key difference and a big thing for this Magic team this year is, is they found a way to respond. They've, they've taken their lumps. They're not a perfect team. They know they're not a perfect team. They know that they have flaws. And they find a way to overcome them. They find a way still to gut out and get wins in, in a big, big way. This was exactly that instance. This was exactly that cause. Because LeBron James you know, made a free throw with about two minutes left to, give the, to tie the game. And Orlando fought back wasn't clean, it wasn't pretty, it wasn't always perfect, but the Magic ended up beating the Lakers. Just They ended up beating the Lakers. There's no way to put this. In a tie game, after uh, Kentavious Caldwell Pope 3 that, that brought it within 2, in a tie game, and LeBron James making some free throws to, t- to tie the game, in a tie game, Orlando got into the paint, dished it back out to the perimeter, Terrence Ross, he pumped fake, got past LeBron James for an easy layup. Orlando had the lead, and when LeBron James drove into the paint, met Nikola Vucevic, and passed it back out to Caldwell Pope for a contested three, they missed it, and Orlando raced down to the other other end of the court and found Aaron Gordon for a wide-open dunk, a beautiful wraparound pass by Terrence Ross, and a great overall play from DJ Augustin and Evan Fournier as well in transition. The Magic were the ones to take over this game. The Magic were the ones that found a way in the end. That's not something we've said about a lot of Magic teams. And and, and reading about what the team said after the game, uh, you know, they all said, you know, this, this game really showed our resilience. This game really showed how we bounce back and fight back. In that way, it was an absolutely good win because the Magic did have to show a lot of resilience. And again, that's not something we've said about this team very often in the last six years. The last six years, they would have lost this game twice over. They would have lost it falling behind from the very beginning and never really being in the game. They would have lost it after giving up a 15-point lead entering the third quarter. Orlando is not a perfect team. They have a lot they need to work on. There's still a lot to improve. But they are finding ways to scratch and eke out wins in whatever way they can. And, and frankly, on this road trip, on the road especially, 
you don't care. I mean, you don't care how you win games. You just care that you do because they all count the same. As Chuck Daly used to say, there's no such thing as an ugly win. The Magic are finding ways to win. And, and of course, that is a good thing. No one's going to complain about that, even if there's certainly ways that the Magic need to improve. Really, what, what was special and significant about this game was the way the Magic played in that third quarter. After giving up a boatload of points in the paint and really struggling defensively with fouls, Orlando tightened up. They played some stellar defense, keeping the Lakers on the perimeter where they were missing shots. The post-ups that Kyle Kuzma was getting were not happening. LeBron James was not getting to the basket with efficiency. Orlando really frustrated the Lakers all the way through. And that, of course, is absolutely vital for the Magic. This was an absolutely strong way for the Magic to win a game and take care of business. And that's what they did. They took care of business. They got strong plays up play up and down the roster from Nikola Vucevic, who had another all-star caliber game, to Aaron Gordon, who played some fantastic defense throughout the game and was, was a factor on offense, to Jonathan Simmons finding himself back in the rotation after, after being left out on Friday, giving the Magic good energy and good minutes, to, you know, taking over for Wessel Wundu, honestly, in that third quarter. Everyone played a role and played a part in this game. And it was indeed a gritty, gutsy win. It was a resilient win. It was a win the Magic had to have to even themselves up on this road trip. But clearly, there's still work to do. And that work, of course, gets much tougher Monday night against the Golden State Warriors. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let's run through the final stats for you here on this Sunday matinee game. Uh, I did not talk about him enough, so I will talk about him now. Nikola Vucevic, 31 points. 15 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, 3 blocks. These are not typical Nikola Vucevic games, but they are beginning to feel like typical Nikola Vucevic games. He is tearing up teams. They do not know how to handle him, and frankly, his defense this year has been outstanding. It is no coincidence to me that the Magic had a plus 17 with Nikola Vucevic on the floor. They are that much better with Nikola Vucevic on the floor. And that's not a slight on Mobamba, who, who did struggle in this game with five points, two for four shooting, uh, two steals, and one block. 
That's not a slide on Mo Bamba. He's a rookie. He's still figuring things out. But Nikola Vucevic is playing at an all-star level. And that he's beginning to get some national recognition for this. The, the all-star campaign has already begun. And he's not going to start. But certainly coaches will notice if the Magic continue to win that Nikola Vucevic is playing at this high level. When the Magic needed him to step out beyond the arc to spread the floor, he did. And it wasn't just the fact that he was making those shots, three for eight in this game. It's the threat of him making those shots that is so dangerous too. Teams cannot leave him and that opens up the lane. That space is critical for the Magic. When they put smaller players on him, he posted them up. Even the bigger players, he posted them up. But the defining play of, of Vucevic's game he had LeBron James on his back. He spun past him for a one-handed jam. He's such a smart post player. And teams just don't know how to defend him because he can do it all right now. Not only that, he's such a good passer. And I, I, I continue to say this. Marcus Gasol and Nikola Jokic are the two best, best passing big men in the league right now. Nikola Vucevic is on the level with the DeMarcus Cousins as far as centers who are great passers. And the Magic are certainly giving a lot, Vucevic a lot of freedom and a lot of responsibility within the offense. It is a center-based offense with everyone cutting off and around Vucevic or running off screens off Vucevic. I'd venture to guess that if you took his screen assists and his regular assists, you've got, and then a secondary assist, why not? He's probably up there among all the players in the league, certainly among all the big men. He is playing at that high of a level, and and frankly, the Lakers, just like they did last week, had zero answer for him. And that's what the Magic need to see from him, obviously. Terrence Ross provided a huge spark off the bench once again, 16 points, 6 for 12 shooting, 4 for 7 from beyond the arc, 6 rebounds for him. Um, again, these are typic- this, this is a typical line for Terrence Ross. You come in and you just expect him to come around corners and take shots and make them. And he is more than willing to take shots. That's that's what he does. And that's who he is as a player. And when the Magic need offense with that second unit, they just they run a play for him and he creates it. Not necessarily for others. He's not, not the passer in those situations. But he just comes around screen so well and, and he gets a shot off so quickly. You just expect every shot to go in at this point, and, and, and largely largely they are. Uh, Aaron Gordon, 17 points, 8 for 14 shooting, 4 rebounds for him. Had a really difficult task guarding LeBron James. He committed 5,000 the games, reached a little bit too much, um, but was overall, I thought, really, really good. Um, you know, I, I think Aaron is continuing to grow, and it's maybe not showing up all the time in the stat sheet. You know, 17 points, 8 for 14 shooting is solid, uh, but not otherworldly, obviously, but he continues to, to really continue to mature and understand where his touches and where his looks come within the flow of the offense and understand his role on defense. He's taking that defensive role seriously, and he's not perfect. He struggled a lot against Paul Millsap on Friday, um, but he is, he's learning that responsibility. I've, I've been really impressed with his maturity throughout the season. Um, it, it's not always about offense with him, and, and I think that that's a, a really big thing for a young player to learn, especially a young player who is still exploring his offensive abilities. I mean, I know I said this a lot last year that a lot of what we saw from Gordon as far as the inefficiency were growing pains, were Gordon figuring out just what the limits of his game are. Um, And I think we saw Gordon 
I think we really, I think Gordon is still figuring that part out, but he's he's doing it in a much more efficient way now, which I think is is extremely valuable for this team. He, he posted up smaller players. He's able to drive past bigger players. He, his pull up game is is solid, but but not as used as much. Um, you know, his three point shooting is still could improve one for three, but um, he's much more selective, I think, with his shots. And, and when he's playing smart, this team is a lot better. He played smart today and and or in Sunday's game, and I, I think that that's certainly worthy of mention. Finally, uh, Jonathan Simmons, 10 points, 4 for 11 shooting, 4 rebounds, 4 assists for him after uh, being left out of the rotation on Friday. A good bounce back game for him. He's played less than 16 minutes in the two pri- prior games. Um, it, it was good to see him attacking the basket. He's still a little bit reckless getting there, um, but overall it was good to see him in the score column. It was good to see him uh, playing at that level uh, and and it and you know, just making a positive contribution. I think that's that's the big thing from him. And, you know, he's 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 smart player. He's a good defender. Definitely use that good defense in this game. Uh, but he's definitely got work to I mean, he's definitely got to become a better shooter as well. And so there's there's a lot of work to do with him, but but a solid outing for him. The Orlando Magic shoot forty five point two percent from the floor, eleven for thirty one from beyond the arc. Uh, only fourteen free throws in this game continues to be a problem, but not not obviously didn't matter here. 31 assists on 42 makes for the Magic, a good sign for them that they're getting a lot of makes and they're coming off a lot of assists. The Lakers end up shooting 46.8% from the floor. They were above 50% for much of the game. 10 for 26 from beyond the arc, 20 for 31 from the foul line. Um, A big reason why the Magic won this game, 18 turnovers for the Los Angeles Lakers. They were very, very sloppy in this game, Um, kind of throwing the ball around, especially after that first quarter. In that third quarter, it really helped Orlando get back into the game to... To, to have the Lakers throwing the ball around and turning it over like they did. LeBron James had six turnovers. Brandon Ingram had five turnovers. Those are the Lakers' top two ball handlers, um, both really struggling uh, to, to protect the ball and and, and have uh, the team have the team get into the flow. And so a big loss for LA there. Um, you know they could definitely feel like they left one on the board here. I don't think there's any way around it. I think they should feel like they left one on the board here. They had control of this game. They were playing really, really well, and they allowed Orlando to, to get back into this one through through their own mistakes. Orlando took advantage of them. Don't take anything away from Orlando. They won this game too, but you know I think the Lakers uh, certainly should feel a little tinge of regret, and honestly, LeBron had a lot to do with that with his turnover problems and his issues getting things going for himself and, and for others. So credit to the Magic's defense for forcing the great LeBron James into plenty of mistakes. The Orlando Magic defeat the Los Angeles Lakers 108-104. They're back in action Monday night against the Golden State Warriors. A tough matchup for sure against one of the league's best offenses, but a team that's going through a little bit of transition right now. Stephen Curry's still out. Obviously, there's there's plenty of reports and rumors going on inside that locker room, but none of that will matter. you still got to deal with Kevin Durant. you still got to deal with Draymond Green. you still got to deal with Klay Thompson, and that is obviously very, very difficult. The Magic take on the Warriors Monday at 10.30. Once again, the final... The Orlando Magic 108, the Los Angeles Lakers 104. The Orlando Magic now 10-10 on the season. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. 
Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The, the, the game against the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Lakers brought with it really the first rotation changes of the season that didn't have to do with injury. And, and really dating back to the Raptors game. In the second half of the game against the Raptors, Steve Clifford opted not to play Jonathan Simmons. Simmons sat out the, sec- or sat out the second half of that game. And it was, you know, not wholly unexpected. Wessa Wundu has been playing very, very well. And, you know, maybe not showing up in the box score, maybe not scoring a lot, but his defense has been solid. And as long as his defense is solid and he's willing to take open threes when he gets them, and make 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 him on occasion. He's he becomes a valuable player. He just fits fits in with that group. It's the best lineup the Magic have actually. That that starting lineup with Wesselwandu. But that change was a big one because Simmons. We all know what Simmons can do. So. Moving, removing him from the rotation on Friday night was a bit of a surprise. Obviously, it, it backfired. Or, no, that wasn't the reason why the Magic lost, but it, it didn't help. Because Simmons is a fiery guy. He doesn't back down from anyone. And so Clifford brought him back into the rotation on Sunday night. Not only did he bring him back into the rotation, but he put him in that starting group in the second half. And it really helped turn the game around. It really helped spark the team a little bit more and and set the tone for what would be that killer quarter, one of the best quarters the Magic have played all season. The Magic... Obviously, are still figuring some things out with their group. Steve Clifford has, has made it known that Jonathan Isaac is, is going to return to the starting lineup at some point when he gets the all-clear from, from, from the medical staff. And that's probably the right move because what Iwandu does, Isaac can probably do better. He's a better defender, he's longer, bigger, you know, has the same shooting struggles but is a little more active within the offense, a little bit more of a threat. And so that change, it's probably going to come eventually. The question is when. And maybe the question is who. Because that that last spot, the, the starting small forward spot right now, 
it's not particularly clear what the Magic want out of it. Now, I think what what is clear from who the Magic have put in that position that they don't want a super active offensive player. They've gone with Isaac. They've gone with Awundu, and essentially their roles have been to to be a supporting role, to take open shots when they get them, but to to generally they don't get a lot of plays run for them. They're not isolating Isaac on the block. Not unless a mismatch occurs. And so, that is part of this equation. Now, Iwandu probably isn't the answer. He's, he's played very, very well. But his lack of shooting is concerning. And as we saw in the first quarter of Sunday's game, he can get beat too. Kyle Kuzma playing at small forward or, or power, you know, or having to switch on to Kyle Kuzma power forward with, with LeBron James out there. Kuzma took a one-two into the post and dominated him. Now, Simmons isn't much taller than a one-two or bigger than a one-two. Then again, the Lakers didn't take him down to the post. But Simmons, a little bit stronger, a little bit tougher, a little more veteran, knows how to play those, those games. But surely, they wouldn't have, Kuzma would not have taken Jonathan Isaac to the post. And that's part of the matchup problem the Magic had, and I don't expect the Magic to change their lineup against the Warriors, although maybe it is time against that team especially. Because the one dude will have the same problem guarding Durant or guarding Draymond Green. Orlando clearly still has to find that rhythm and find that guy that fits that spot. And it's probably Isaac at the end of the day. But again, the question is, when do you pull that trigger? A one dude's played great. A one dude maybe deserves a spot in the rotation. It's, it's him and Simmons. Because Simmons has really struggled to shoot. Like, really, like below 40% effective field goal percentage struggled to shoot. And he is tends to be a bit of a ball stopper when he gets the ball because he's a driver and a scorer first. And so really, the whole lineup question for the Magic, if, if there is one, is really about when Isaac is ready to, to go back to that role and kind of put everyone back where they were before the injury. And yeah, that probably means a one-do goes to the bench, the deep bench. And it's Simmons and, and one-do fighting for the spots in the second unit. These are small questions, but big, but big questions nonetheless. Because while that lineup has played well, we can clearly see where the issues might lie. In games like Friday night's game, where the team struggled to, to match the size that a team like the Nuggets has. A game like the Lakers, where the team struggled to match that size. Orlando wants to be a big, long team. One dude probably isn't that at the small forward position, at least. Again, without his shooting, it's hard to find an extended role for him. 
Eventually, the Magic will make this move. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Eventually, Jonathan Isaac will be a starter once again. It's just whether it's sooner than later. But why disrupt something when it's working? Why disrupt this team that's clearly playing very well? We might see some holes. We might see some shaky things that you might want to shore up. Maybe this is one of them. But you don't make change for change's sake. And certainly you don't do it while the team is playing extremely well. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr__omd. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic as well. Like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. You can follow me on Twitter again at philiprr__omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll be doing our quarter season review throughout the week. Probably Wednesday's show will be a big one on the quarter season review. After Monday's game, we'll officially be one quarter through the NBA season. The Magic sitting at 10-10. in 10. The Magic taking on the Warriors Monday night at 10-30. But until, we'll have a complete recap of that game on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.